But tell me, just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. We want to be free to ride. We want to be free to ride our machines without being hassled by the man. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party. Welcome to another shit show on the Biker's Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Dirty and Tank. You know, she's got to tell us that it's recorded. Yeah. Yeah, we're, like I said, we're a shit show here. Well, every once in a while we need a woman. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not Alexa. I, <laughs> I haven't smoked any pot today. <laughs> That's your problem. Smoke some pot. Maybe I should get on the level, man. Well, I almost had another incident. Just to let you know, I hadn't pressed the cord here. We were talking away like an asshole for a minute. Hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we're here with Wild Bill from the Legion Riders. Hi, Wild Bill. Hi. What what is the Legion Riders? Legion Riders are uh, mainly veterans that uh, we are the role color guard for the American Legion. Uh, we promote, uh, not promote, but we go to veteran charity events uh, to help them raise money. Uh, started in 1993 by a group of uh, guys in uh, Michigan. Um, Two guys has grown into nationally we're about 110,000. Oh wow! In Wisconsin, we're just under a thousand, and then in my district, which is uh, Rock, Walt, uh, Walworth, Waukesha, Racine, and Rock, Walworth, Waukesha, so Wisconsin. Yeah, the five counties. Sure. Um, we're just under a hundred. Now, do you have to be a veteran to be a member of the Legion Riders? You do not. You can be uh, vetted in through, let's say, your dad's system mm. or your grandpa's system. If they have passed away, if they are alive, then they have to be a member of a Legion for you to get. And then uh, the auxiliary, which are the mothers, uh, the spouses of uh, military members. We have a family. It's called the, you got the American Legion. You got the American Legion Auxiliary, which is usually the uh, spouses, uh, the sons of the American Legion, which are the ones that are the great sons or sons of a veteran. And then the American Legion Riders that makes up the Legion family. Yeah. You guys are linked to like an American Legion Hall type deal? We are. Okay. We are. But because of the agreement that we made um, in Wisconsin with the dominant, we uh, one we wear a patch in other states, okay. and uh, the other agreement was something else. Yeah. Politics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So. What would you say the primary role of the Legion Riders is? Uh, we are the rolling color guard of the American Legion is what our main function is, but also to uh, raise money for veteran uh, charities, whether it be for the Legion itself or 
like James will be uh, done as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, transitional housing for the veterans here in Bainesville. Uh, we do that for in our district. And then like two or three weeks ago, went up and did a ride in uh, the cross area in which we raised funds for the 9-11 children mm -hmm. for them to have uh, scholarships. Nice. And that's cool. That is right that that is nationally done all throughout the sure. United States. What's well, a rolling color guard? Yeah. Well, kind of guard, you'll see, like when we do uh, parades or we're, we'll do a funeral for a veteran, mm -hmm. uh, we'll fly our uh, old uh, five by or three by five flag. Um, usually, we have it organized where um, you know, we've got the American flag and we've got all the services. Mm -hmm. If uh, a member passes away and they were armed, then all of us will fly the American flag and the Army flag as we have towards them. Mm -hmm. um, we also do casket cards for uh, in the home. Sure. But, uh, we have uh, done quite a few of those. They can be uh, a little rough. We just did one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because like most MCs, they, they mimic what the military does. Because let's be honest, most MCs were started by veterans at some point, you know, regardless if it's a 1% or a mom and pop, there's always some sort of hint of military involved in the MC world. Um, so what branch of service were you in? I was in the uh, Air Force for five minutes. So you're the smartest person in the room. So <laughs> Probably not. Thanks for folks. I mean, I don't know, I'm not even that bad. <laughs> We almost fucked this thing up. We almost didn't hit record. Yeah, <laughs> and that was me. So I'm not the smartest guy in the room. But I can't have done that myself. I can't even hit fucking record. That's not the first time, trust me. It happens. What if we don't, they don't call us a shit show for nothing? What'd you do in the Air Force? I started off as an air, air frame repair specialist. Uh, oh, okay. Sheet metal yeah. on aircraft. And then uh, I went over to Spain. I was stationed there and I put in for a uh, special duty assignment. Uh, 2955th Combat Logistics Support Squadron, which I uh, became a air, uh, aircraft battle damage repair specialist, where we fixed, we were the MacGyvers of the Air Force. So you get a roll, roll, get a roll of duct tape and wrap it up. Yeah, exactly. One time <laughs> flight, get it back to yeah. a safe area where we could either scrap it or you know, work on it. Uh, we were worldwide deployment. We went all over the place. Great for my first marriage. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How that worked out? Yeah. It's the first. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> first marriage. Yeah. And uh, have have bags will travel. And then yeah, on six seven months out of, at a time. Now, yeah. uh, did you do your basic training at Lackland? I did. And I, my little brother was in the Air Force, and he, they called it lackluster. He said, uh, "When we were packing up the night uh, before graduation, I did." Three different rounds around uh, our barracks just to make sure I got everything because I wanted to make sure there was no reason for me to go back to <laughs> I have heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Land of the cockroaches. Man. Yeah, he said it was hot. It is. And, well, I went down in December. So for Wisconsin, I went from, you know, winter to Texas winter, you know, and so spring. And I was there when uh, they brought in uh, the Challenger. Uh huh. They brought that piggy bank, 
piggyback on the back of like a 747. I remember that, yeah. And then they flew it out, and I was in basic. That was a big deal. Yeah, and they flew up when, uh, when I was in basic. Wow. Anybody who's thinking about going in the military, don't go in in December. There's a lot of federal holidays that you don't get training time for, so your basic training is extended. extended. <laughs> so don't do that. There's Pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> Washington's birthday. Uh, <laughs> You're saying you blew up the challenge with yeah. No, it's your fault. Nope, not my fault. I was too Breaking uh, news. You're on the Wayne's podcast. Wild Bill blew up the challenge. All seven of you heard it here first. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> going to go viral. Yeah, I doubt. Uh, I doubt. So you have, a, you have a podcast? I do. Uh, and it's, uh, I've seen a lot of different podcasts. I've been watching your guys as well. And, and yet you still came on. I did. Wow. <laughs> And I just, there wasn't a platform for, in my opinion, for uh, veterans to tell their story, uh, whether it was combat or they weren't combat. Uh, I've been lucky enough to have uh, a couple of Vietnam vets come uh, on and talk about their experience. And it's, some of them get kind of deep and uh, personal. Matter of fact, uh, the majority of what I hear when the podcast is done, if you hit the stop button, yeah. is, I've never talked about that stuff. Wow. Oh, but it's kind of cathartic for me. It is. It's out. very therapeutic. Uh, uh, therapeutic. Uh, and I enjoy it because, uh, one, being uh, American Legion writer, two, uh, being part of Thugs, uh, which is a nonprofit. I'm, a, I'm the uh, board of directors for that, where uh, we reach out to anybody who is. Suicidal. Uh, our main mission is to uh, kind of take the stigma away from the words uh, suicide. Uh, as you and I were talking earlier, yeah. you know, 22 a day is way too many. Yeah, way too many. You know, uh, well, I've heard some estimates that it's actually more than that. It's hard. I could see that. I really could. Uh, the biggest issue we're having right now is with our Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, uh, their buddies yeah. lost uh, limbs over there. They have survivor kids. Yeah, I can imagine. And that, that's tough to deal with because, you know, you don't join to die, but you join to be with your brothers. And uh, I can tell you that it doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what religion they are. It doesn't matter what their politics are. When shit goes sideways, you know that the uh, people that are in your squadron are going to be there. You don't even have to look back. You don't have to look to your right. You don't have to look to your left. Um, it's, it's, it, when we go into war or go into a, a conflict, we're not going in there because our government wants us to. I mean, technically we are. Well, we're going in there because our brother's going there. And we want to be there with our brother. And when you lose somebody like that, you think, well, it could have been me or it should have been me. Because sometimes, you know, just like right in a pack, yeah. you know, be like, well, why don't you go ahead and, or, you know, or you're, well, I'm going to kind of fall back, um, kind of stay in the back of the pack this time. And then a car goes through the middle of the pack, you're going, that's where I usually run. Yeah. That should have been me. And then you got that guilt, you know, if you're riding up front or riding in the back of the pack going, you know, if I wouldn't have just moved back. Well, you know, that, that pack riding 
takes a lot of trust too. It does. It does because you have a very a very salient point, which is you know you got to stay high and tight because the cars do. If you get a gap, they will get in the middle of it. And that's when the mayhem starts. It does. And so you know you got to you know you got to trust in those first two guys. That you know when they're taking off, that there's room for everybody to get out of the traffic, because we're not looking at the traffic; we're watching the guys tire in front. Yep. You yep. know, and uh, now how do you guys ride? Do you ride staggered, or do you guys ride handlebar? Uh, handlebar? We, we it depends on what we have. Um, some parades restrict us down to one lane. Uh, when we're all uh, group riding, going to a ride, we would do a staggered, uh, and you know, guys. Come up together, get the prospect together, what have you. And just think about that feeling you're going down the road at 70 miles an hour and you just kind of look over at each other. That, that, that feeling of, I know who's got me. Magnify that with every member of your group. And that's that trust you're talking about. What, well, you know, I, I listen to a lot of the podcasts myself, military podcasts. You know, you're Jocko, you're clear hot. Mike Forrest, Mike Drop, you know, blah, blah, blah. I got a lot of time on my hands at work to listen to this. But, uh, no, so I'm kind of curious. Why is it that vets seem to gravitate towards motorcycles? The end of riding. Is it the danger? That's just the that risk. That there's other vets that are riding. Right. You know, uh, we want to be with our butt. Uh Freedom. Yeah. yeah. Like, when I, I first started riding around here, uh, I've pulled a lot of different uh, people, a lot of different uh, groups, clubs, whatever you want to call them, and I, I got friendships out there. Sure. And then uh, when I got involved with the Legion Riders, I pulled away from that time I got to spend with those guys. And uh, yeah, I don't care what patches on the back, if they're a veteran, they're a brother, if they need me, I'll be that's just the way that we're built. I mean, I'm built that way. And no no disrespect, but sometimes the Legion Rider shit and the MC shit, we don't spend the time together that we might be right. Especially for somebody that uh, I've had a heart-to-heart with, whether, you know, he's spilling my guts or them spilling what's in their head. Uh, sometimes you get other commitments and other things to do that Get that quality we'll look at it as a relationship. Sure. Uh, decompress, what we like to call it. Because, uh, you know, and I, I, I know guys that are uh, badasses, and nobody would uh, ever mess with them just looking at them. And I've had them, you know, cry with that because self-esteem. But they know. Shit off the chest, talk to somebody who actually understands what you're going through, you know. Yep. Sometimes it's, you know, for guys that were in combat, you and I were kind of talking about this before, you know, the guys that are in combat are in a circle like this, the ones that were non combat are kind of in a circle like this, and uh, those that served outside of that are in a circle like this, but we're all in that circle. And if um, 
guy that just walked out of Afghanistan came up and started uh, talking to a guy that's out, outside of the small circle. They still don't understand. Yeah. And you guys talk about, you know, when you're going, coming through as prospects and you guys going through the same thing together. We're the same way going through basic training, going through uh, train, uh, training, training, and going to being deployed. Um, we'll always have that brotherhood with each other that we can go, hey, I got you. Well, the shared experience creates the brotherhood. Yeah. And you can't buy that. You can't explain no. it to anybody else. I mean, well, it just happens. It's a product of it. Yeah. And with us, with the being uh, engine riders, you know, we have different parts. Of the family that are, you know, the jewelry and the sons of Americans, sometimes we're different because, you know, military guys have to live smoke. Sometimes the jewelry and the fighters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and sometimes the sons of the jewelry uh, kind of taken back by that. They don't understand that that's just how we talk. Back away. Well, I've, I've I was on a podcast called Corporal uh, Road, and uh, we were talking about how in the past, I'd say fifteen years, we've seen a lot of vet clubs pop up out of nowhere, and it always seems like not necessarily all veterans that get into motorcycling, but a lot of veterans that get into motorcycling gravitate towards some sort of a club, mm -hmm. like they need that brotherhood. Absolutely. So, you know, I guess in a way, I mean, we feel, you know, because me and Tank, neither one of us serve, you know, I was a punk ass kid. I fucking, you know, I was a deep shit. But, you know, I was when a I was, hippie. Yeah. Back <laughs> in the day, yeah. I was, I was, yeah, I was just, I hated everything and everyone. But, um, did you change? No. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it is what it is, you know. But I've noticed, like, You'll see clubs like, uh, you know, and I'll name drop real quick, like the Love Events, right? That's an all-Marine club, you know. Now, they're not like a 1% club, and, and, you know, maybe some people that watch this have never fucking heard of them, and they don't, you know, they weren't on, you know, some Discovery show as a fucking documentary. <laughs> but when you see them in public with one another, they are just as close as anybody. Yeah. The way they move, the way they operate, they... they you're squared the fuck away. And then motherfuckers could party too. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah we we yeah. sat down here with the Marine boys before, and they, yeah, it's yeah. you know we're we're looking at our well our ten watches that we don't wear. We're looking up at the clock, fucking wondering, you know, you guys done yet, or you know what I mean? And they're just getting started. So yeah, have you seen a lot of um, like I guess you'd say veterans coming back joining MCs lately, or is that just something I'm seeing? Or uh, no, I have. I have, um, I, I've talked, like I said, I've got the veterans that are in other clubs and what have you. And uh, they have said that they've seen that growth as well. Yeah. Uh, we have seen that growth, uh, whether that be because they're military police or in the LE side of uh, military, uh, they'll come to us. But I see it, and it's kind of nice to be able to see them right find the brother on the outside. No, it's I think it's I think it's awesome because you know, like I said, never served, he never served, but I mean, you know, obviously we're in an MC, so we share this brotherhood and we 
you know, we, we you know, we gravitate gravitate towards one another when shit gets real. You know, especially you know when death or hard times or whatever. And I can only imagine that's what veterans do. You know, especially when they come back, because I mean, you know, it that transition from being in the military, things are a certain way. You're at war to now I'm in the civilian world where I got to deal with what's this person, you know, identify as and. You know, I, I can't say the wrong thing. Otherwise, somebody would get mad at me. I could get fired. HR will get mad at me, you know. Because, I mean, we, you know, we have veterans at our club, and we obviously co-mingle with other clubs. So we realize that veterans have the same dark sense of humor that we all kind of have, you know. So, yeah, I can totally understand why they get in the you know, MC world. And something about why you're in is alcohol is very accepted. For that party that you're talking about, right? Be that, uh, the mix or whoever, um, that's kind of part of where we come from. Oh, that and strippers. Now, let me ask you this because I've heard, I've heard other people talk about whole alcohol and substance abuse problems that veterans have. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how does the Legion Riders like address that? Are you guys like a sober club or is it come as you are? Or? Come as you are. All right. Uh, we, we do have uh, brothers that, that go into the dark side uh, yeah. every once in a while. And uh, uh, that's when we try to come together sure. to help them. Um, like I said, as you and I have talked, sometimes you got to let them play out there. Yeah. And their anger. And their, uh, a lot of times drinking is a way of suppressing uh, the memories. Or right. The coping mechanism. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's also pain, you know. It, but it's a temporary. It's temporary. Follow your temporary fix to a permanent problem. Yeah, it really is. And so a permanent fix to a temporary problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's suicide. So that's what he's talking about. So is alcohol. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, okay. They just kind of dealt with for that night. Sure. And then when they wake up, they are apologetic for what they might have said or might what they have done. And that's where brothers step up to go, you know what? Back in Yeah, we know. No well, I mean, being in this MC life, I've seen guys who are the hardest to party to become sober. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it, it's always it's always rooted into something that they're trying to cover up. You know. I mean I, I'm not a veteran, so I, I can't speak to what they're trying to cover up or what their PTSD is really about because I mean, I was, so I don't fucking know. But, you know, it, yeah, I know for a fact that, like, it's not a really great idea to try to hide your feelings with alcohol or whatever, except for, like, Dakota Meyer speak on, you know, Dakota Meyer, the Marine, the, mm -hmm. you know, Medal of Honor, where speak how he had a gun to his head because he was drunk in his pickup truck, you know, and he tried that whole route. He had to clean up and you know i mean even if you're not a veteran or whatever i mean everybody goes through shit in life you know it's like they say you know that the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you you know and it all depends on how you deal with it you know we recently had a you know club president die his son was on his way to become a member and he had to take you know a, a little hiatus because mm -hmm. it nobody's prepared for that Nobody's prepared for a death with close relatives, you know. Regardless, I mean, there's the brotherhood and there's everything, but, you know, it's not my dad. You know, I didn't 
grow up with the guy. I didn't live with the guy. It's, you know, and we kind of keep an eye on him because, you know, sometimes he kind of seems like he's going in that direction where he's going to be self-destructive. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's why the Legion Riders and other veteran clubs are really important for veterans because other guys can recognize that. Because we've all kind of walked down that path once or twice in our lives where we've almost gone off the rails, if not all the way off the rails and had to come back. So, yeah, absolutely. So that's why I think the Legion Riders and, you know, organizations like that are really important, especially to the veteran community. Now, just think if us, Combat Vet Association, that's another one out there. Too, that Shout out to Scooter from the DMZ, who is also a member of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and Ted Ted Devers is part of the Ted Devers. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I go back a little bit. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's quite the hunter. He is. He is. He is. He he is. Can't see for shit. Owl is just up here. Owl, yeah, Owl is up here. Yeah. So he's always fun, fun to be around. Owl is a nut. Man. I love Owl. Short we need to get Al on the podcast. We Al would be a good one to be on the podcast. Let's get his ass up from Missouri. Mm-hmm. But just think how much more of an impact we could have if we were all under one phone. Yeah, huge. Yeah, one hundred ten thousand just with you know American Legion writers alone in America. I mean that's significant. Probably a scary prospect to the government too these days. You know. Well, we are a force when it comes to legislation as well. Maybe uh, it's time. Well, speaking of the government, on a scale from 8 to 10, how big of a fan of Biden are you right now? <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was going to come up. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, I am not. You're not a fan of Biden? No. Why would you say that? Well, you know, we had a former president who laid down some guidelines. We're talking Obama and Trump. Laid down some guidelines for the Taliban. Yeah. They're not deadlines. Right. Being all food reports. Right. Uh, our current president can pull back on those and say, you know what? Let's take more than 17 days. He's too busy thinking if he wants chocolate pudding or tapioca pudding at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, come on. And his day ends at 3 o'clock. You know, they put a lid on the guy. And that, uh, a lot of military, whether they're active or uh, uh, out, don't really billion dollars worth of yeah. military infrastructure you know and we knew right away when we talked to any afghan uh afghanistan uh, veterans they knew that the people that they were trained were going to that's right well yeah i like i said i'm not a veteran so i i, I obviously don't only tactical like strategics but at the same time, if I think of it as like, all right, if I was that guy, would I have done what he has done? No, because you literally let the whole country go to shit, including the city that you're in. You gave up all your assets except for one airbase. Yep. You have literally put yourself behind enemy lines. Yeah, yeah. You have created one target. You know, you're, okay. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, and we are considered to be the superpower of the world, and you put yourself behind enemy lines. 
and you're trusting the fucking Taliban that they're going to keep their word. The very people that we trained when Russia was occupying Afghanistan. Yeah. So we created the motherfuckers. Well, technically, no. We trained the Mujahideen. Well, well, yeah. The Mujahideen were the freedom fighters that we helped. And then the Taliban moved in after we left and after the Russians oh. left, there was a power vacuum. I'm sure and I'm yeah. sure we had a little bit little hand in that, too. I mean, yeah, maybe we gave him some weapons back. Who knows? Some training, who knows? I but I mean, to listen, you know, this morning, I, I listened to the head spokesman from the Pentagon going, we really didn't realize it was going to crumble as quick as it did when we left. Really? You didn't realize? You had one fucking job to do. That's like the number one thing you're supposed to know. And, you know, and here, here's an idea. How about you get the civilians out first right. before you pull the military? I mean, just, I, I don't want to call it a comedy of errors. I mean, it's, it's treasonous. It's not like that kind of and part of the blame is the military advisors that didn't have the balls to say, that ain't going to work. Don't do that. Seems to me, though, I mean, from what I I read and from what I hear, um, that there's a big rift. Like there's like the upper, the upper upper management, and then there's the rest of it down. And there seems to be a demarcation now between what their philosophies are and what they really want to do. Well, they get certain rank or whatever they start to play the politics to move up even further. And well, you can do the Pentagon. You're Pentagon for life. That's it, yeah. And you're now voted in. That's hurts his military. Well, you think about guys like Pat, he didn't care where he was going. No, <laughs> no. he told his commanders what needed to be done, whether they wanted to hear it or not. Well, he wanted to turn around and go against Russia at the end of World War II. <laughs> well, it turns around, he was right. Yeah. <laughs> Could have done a lot well, better. Well, you know, Winston Churchill was famous for saying we should have went to Moscow after we went to Berlin. But, yeah. I mean, and I bring this all up because I can only imagine if I was a guy who was either stationed in Afghanistan or was, you know, even even if I wasn't in there, I had, you know, military brothers that were in Afghanistan, lost their lives, lost their limbs, whatever. And you see the fucking shit show that's going on right now. You see our fucking current president claiming victory because the last plane took off. From you know what was it uh, the uh, oh, Kabul what was the name of that airbase doesn't fucking matter you know what I'm talking about last plane took off yet we still openly admit that we left Americans behind a hundred plus because they couldn't get to the airport in time because apparently you know we have a very strict schedule because the Taliban told us so pulled out a day early <laughs> yeah. yeah I can only imagine that's going to cause some sort of I don't I don't know if it's depression's the word regret I don't know I mean. So I imagine guys like the Legion Riders, like yourself, and other MCs, man, you guys got a tough battle on your hands. Well, we do, but we have this great resource. Yeah. Because history repeats Same thing that happened in Vietnam. Yep. And right now, um, in most of the Legion Riders, the Legion, we have Vietnam vets that are mm -hmm. in positions that can relate. Yeah. For Iraq and Afghanistan vets, if uh, you are having any issues, go to a uh, Vietnam vet. They know what you're feeling. They understand what you're feeling. And that's what's the sad part, but also the good part about the music yep. is you have similar experiences, experiences which suck, but can also help somebody else. Yeah. Our, our Vietnam vets can 
totally identify with what happened in the It's a good thing to know. I mean, I'm glad you know that's that support system is already in place. It's sad how it came into place, but it's I'm, I'm glad that we have it there now and hopefully we can learn a little more from this and and I'll throw this out there, you know, like your guys' club or anybody else's club. If you got Vietnam vets in there and you start to see your Afghanistan or Iraq vets uh, going dark, hook them up, let them talk. It may be a different time zone or time period, but the, the experience is a lot. They're, they're almost identical and they can really do each other good. Being able to they will, you know, something to fall us like on. You know, we failed to yeah. left people behind. Yeah. We did it in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, the jungle warfare versus uh, the door to door combat, the roadside bomb, uh, you know, the snipers of Vietnam, the snipers of Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, they, they can identify. They've yeah. been there, done that. So don't hesitate. I don't know. Doesn't have to be uh, Legion Riders, but. You know, you're in a club and you got to be in a vet to talk to you. Don't hesitate to reach out to that brother and talk to him because he'll point you on what got him to where he's at. Or maybe take a ride to your local BFW. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, it's, it's, when you go into a, a Legion and a BFW, it's kind of a, a different, different atmosphere. Uh, it it kind of gets, I mean, it would get you help. I'm not saying we want, but. It's almost territorial. Really? Yeah. You guys beefing with the BFW? No, it, it's more of a, are you a member here? Oh. You know, that kind of stuff. I missed that episode of Gang. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't even know the BFW hand sign. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Shots <laughs> fired. <laughs> Look out. Holy shit. I am. Yeah, covered something. Right across the bow. Man. Wow. Damn. But, you know. Uh, yeah, you can go there, but I would more uh, point you towards uh, the VA uh, okay. talk with them. Um, they, Madison just happens to have, and I've been through it, uh, so I'm speaking from first-hand experience. Uh, one of the best, in my opinion, uh, PTSD clinics that there is. Uh, I've never had a uh, problem getting an appointment there. I've never had a problem uh, getting somebody on the phone. Uh, talk if I need to talk and uh, take advantage of it. You're, that's what's part of when you serve your country that they're going to take, well, they're supposed to take care of it. Yeah, we got a couple brothers that go up there. Yeah. They yeah, got nothing but good things to say. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the VA gets a lot of shit in the media. Some of it's probably deserved, I'd imagine. But for the most part, I, I think they've came a long way with the VA hospitals. They have Mad Madison is we're blessed. I mean, absolutely blessed that it's actually physically attached. To the oh, okay. So a lot of times, like when I went through, uh, I had a couple heart attacks, and uh, my cardiologist was actually. Um, I had uh, one cardiologist from the VA and two cardiologists from the UW on my team, hmm. and that's how they do it. Pretty cool. That's a good deal. Yeah. And now get up to a and uh, even some of the ones that are down by Rockford and up by the Duke, you get start to lose some of that uh, quality. Well, yeah. 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 
Let's, uh, let's shift gears here a little. Okay. So you guys, you guys ride. We do. At your club, you guys do a lot, a lot of hard ride, and just big rides you do. And oh, uh, that lacrosse one we did. Uh, we can. I mean, we, there's a ton of national work that we could ride, and uh, statewide, um, not as much. Uh, the legacy ride is uh, probably our biggest fundraiser throughout the state, and also nationally. I've been there since 9/11. Uh, Children of 9-11 victims, we get together to ride. And I want to believe that's in the millions that we've raised for scholarships for them. Uh, locally, uh, you'll see us bouncing around. Uh, the hardest thing is, even though, like for me in my district, it's uh, five counties of 72, you know, you can pull a rocket to a veteran charity ride. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard to make them all. Yeah, um, to throw in there uh, the, the parades, the funerals, the funeral escorts. It, uh, it it spreads us thin. I mean, and the fact you're in the Midwest, so your riding season is six months long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's get a uh, a wheelchair with uh, an engine. I mean, right. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> fired. Wow. wow, that's twice. I now. think the trike riders of the BMW are going to be knocking on your door after this one. Holy oh, let's, let's open up another can of worms, Bill. What, what, what do you ride? I ride a uh, 97 Harley uh, Heritage Softail. A Heritage Softail. Now, you know Dirty thinks that's a girl's bike. Right? He does. He does. He does. And uh, I'm okay with that because everybody has their own opinions on bikes. And uh, oh, I didn't say it was a girl's bike. I, I haven't rebuilt mine. He did. I oh, I, have, uh, I haven't rebuilt mine three times. Though. Oh, you know. Well, <laughs> I'm on my third time. You know. Are you? I'm just, no, I, I've only done it twice. Uh, no, the top end is fine. I'm just having clutch problems now. What's the thing? Mine is stock, so breaks itself. <laughs> no, I got a Peter Alter classic outside. <laughs> gotta have something to write, brother. Hey, I, two I, is one, one is none. I gotta admit, I started off with a uh, Yamaha T when uh, was 10 or 11. Oh, yeah. And then uh, in high school, I got a uh, Honda 750 dual overhead cam, like a burnt orange uh, bike. You and everybody else had that color. Yeah, <laughs> my first bike was a 78 CB750. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 78 Kawasaki 650. Then when I got out, I uh, went to Katana. And I uh, got clocked at uh, 157. Right? Were you going downhill? We were going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we ran into them later that night. I right. happened to see a green bike. Okay, good. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh that's We have Goldblum, we have Christ, we have uh It's not brand specific. No. It, it just gotta have over five hundred. Right. Well that yeah, it's kind of Well that's almost even a, like a like an old way of thinking in my in my opinion, because I mean there's you know, the Kawasaki four hundred, like the rockets. They'll keep up, mm -hmm. you know. So it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, I'm not saying you guys need to change your thing. You guys do your thing, but I'm just saying it's kind of strange how certain certain things kind of don't change. And they don't change with the times when it comes to like CCs, you know. And it's kind of you know 
it's one of those things that's kind of strange. I wonder if it's going to in the future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It could. It really could. I mean, like the old days of, you know, the guys with the Kawasaki, you know, with 400 LTD, you know, would barely do 80. Or, you know, our, our downhill with one person on it. Yeah, yeah. it would maybe do 80. The Honda Matic. 441. Oh, the Matic. Jesus Christ, the graveyard talking. And I, I was blessed. I grew up in a small town. And, uh, we had a list of the, some of the guys. Uh, from the guys He was always the biggest smile in the room, man. Well, I wouldn't say smile as much as the grin. Grin, yeah. grin. That, that fucking grin. That shit-eating grin on his face. Dude, that guy had a grin that was fucking world famous. You know, we did a podcast with uh, Black Dragon, Hollywood, and, you know, Shaggy, Shaggy Big and Bone. Big Bone. And uh, long story short, I just mentioned his name. And Black Dragon, who's in... Uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, why does that sound so familiar? He knew who he was. Wow. You know? Yeah. So it's, that. yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things like, you know, I know him as a guy that I went to high school. And then I know him as a guy that went through a process to join this club. And then I know him as a pro- or as a guy that went through a process to join another club. So I, I got to see that whole transition, but I still kind of remember him as this other guy, you know. But to see the the fanfare and the people that turned out to fucking say goodbye to him and honor him like that, it was it was huge. You know what I mean? Yeah, for us, fucking huge. And we were a part of that uh, of his his uh, procession, his motorcycle procession. We, yeah, this, we were yeah. lucky enough to be able to do road guard for for, uh, for them. Yeah, just to be honored to be yeah, a yeah, part of it. That was I mean. five hundred strong motorcycle. In this little town that we have feds all over the place. <laughs> There's all sorts of black paint bands. There sure were. It was weird. That day. Yeah. Helicopters and yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. So we just we just had his one year memorial ride a couple weeks back. Yeah. Yeah, right in the that's right. Yeah. That's right. We're right right in front of the clubhouse here. Yeah. We were on our way to, to go to that. That's right. And uh, no feds that day for some reason. Maybe they were there, but we didn't see them. They weren't as overt as they were you know, during that. They probably didn't know. Probably not. <laughs> But you know, too busy with looking for white surprises. But you, you know, you you drive down down Center Ave and the venue where they had his uh, you know all his his, his uh, party and everything. Celebration of life. It's, it's celebration of life. It still says its name up on the marquee. I mean, that yeah. place is closed. It's not open for business, but uh, it still says you know his name right up there on the marquee. Yeah, this world. Yeah, I won't forget the shipwreck one percent. No, it was me. Yeah, there was. 
Yes, he was. Once upon a time. So I guess I, I have talked to I talked to him once when he was with his uh, uh, club that he was with, and then when he was with DMC, I, I think I met him and uh, talked to him. But I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, he, he uh, and now a, a former a fellow club member of ours, him and uh, and Ship were, were prospecting the DMC same time dirty and I were prospecting here and so uh, every now and then we'd meet up and the four of us would compare notes you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know because you got to stick together when you're going through some of the bullshit you're going through but uh yeah I mean he was you know again just uh he was that guy man and he can never be uh replaced that's for darn sure and there's a big empty empty oh, part man. in our lives now without him in it and without dropping it now too yeah I, I met him through a vet and A lot of lives here. Yeah, it, in yeah. Rock County, and not just Rock County, but hell, Wisconsin, Chicago area. I mean, yeah. anywhere the guy went. You know? Yeah. Was, was he had like a knee surgery or something like that? Not too long back? No, no, no. no. That was a uh, blood clot in his leg. Okay. That's what, yeah, yeah. He, he always had heart problems. Okay. And uh, he had a blood clot that went from his waist down to his foot. Yeah. Really? And it yeah, to the point where his body started growing another artery. Yeah. And uh, that tough motherfucker went through that surgery awake. And was on a motorcycle three days later. Sure was. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm Actually, with some of the brothers that I'm with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know our, you know, Brother Potts. That guy had brain surgery for the second time. In 10 months. In 10 months. And was... Fighting to get back on his bike seven days later. Yeah, like literally. The family, yeah, the family was trying to keep him off of it. He was just fighting him to the nail, calling me up from the hospital. Yep. God damn it! You better come up and get me. I'm walking out of this motherfucker. Oh, yeah. I'll, you'll you'll know me because I'll be the guy with the freaking gown on and nothing else. You can see my bare ass. Like, like hold on, hold on. Where are you at? Where are you at? You know, and he's seventy-two years old. And, yeah, he's getting around pretty good. And Pops is the toughest cocksucker in this squad. That's all there is to it. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. That guy said, I've seen him. He has bashed his head against the ground a couple times in the past few years. Backwards, you know? Yeah. One, when he's leaving my place in Florida, he's down yeah. there for a week at my place. It goes down at 80 plus miles an hour. And on 75. Yeah. yeah. He's back riding a couple months later. Wow. You know? So that's mad respect. Guys have that determination with I don't know what he's got. It's determination, but there's a, some sort of a. I don't know, man. I've never met anybody like him in my life, but I oh. doubt I will. You know, once he's gone, but he, he could outlive all of us for all we know. My God, and it, isn't it funny how you meet people like that that are just they seem indestructible, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. you know, 
then you watch the world around us where they're worried about fucking all this other silly shit that we don't even give a fuck about, you know? And it's like, you know, maybe that's why we're a community amongst a community, you know? A subculture. You know, it's like we want to be left our own, ride our motorcycles, man. Yeah. Live our lives and be free. Yeah. And maybe that, as you were saying earlier, uh, my best uh, go towards points because we all kind of think that same way. Yeah. We do. I think I've seen uh, something on uh, the internet where don't thank us for our service. Be the type of person that be, be the type of person we can be proud of serve or something like that. Yeah, along that line. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like at the end of the movie, Private Ryan, where he tells the guy to earn it. Yep. You know? I mean, and that's that's kind of how, oh, well, you know, we talked about it on the on the uh, Black Dragon podcast. Yeah. You know, how it almost seems like bikers are the last patriots of this country. I, I would agree, you know. Obviously, veterans, of course, but you know, as far as like this general public wise, you know, it almost seems like bikers are the last patriots. Yeah, you know, we're still trying to be as free as possible and freedom fighters. Give everybody their due respect and try to stay out of other people's business. And you know, I I personally never canceled anybody. You know, so yeah, I you know when you when you look at society in a whole today. Everybody's worried about what everybody else is doing. Everybody's on social media trying to show that they're living their best life and their virtue signaling. Yeah. And they're trying to jump on every cause. Have you been vaccinated? You know, all the dumbass shit. And here we are, just a simple little fucking MC in the middle of fucking nowhereville, fucking trying to do our own goddamn thing, making a goddamn podcast, trying to fucking highlight guys like you that fucking deserve it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like, I, I totally get that because. I, I can identify with that. I, I don't care if some guy wants to go from the dress on what they don't blow me. Yeah, don't blow in my ear and start to throw train in your side. No, I just don't care what no, you I got do. Whatever you do, buy Whatever flips your Twinkie is fine. Listen, you know, I just, I looked at it. I was big on the tank 2020. In 2024, yeah. In 2024. I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious when I say we've got to forget about the Republicans and the Democrats and start looking for America to run this country. Well, I've, I've said it for a long time. Everybody, you know, they're always looking to, you know, to see what's left or right when really we need to, to do, you know, what's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. We need to get away from that left and right because they're both wings on the same bird. Yeah, people don't realize that. That's that's how they plummet the American people because they think that there's some sort of a separatism. They don't understand. At the end of the day, in Washington D.C., when they go out drinking, they're all out there drinking and whoring around, doing it all together. It's just one big club, and we're not in. All right, I got one last question. We'll wrap this fucker up. All right, ain't nobody's watching shit anymore. <laughs> twelve minutes, yeah, yeah, twelve minutes as yeah, far yeah. as I get. But you know what? My mom's watching. So hey, it's for my mom, number one fan. Um. <laughs> True. Anyways, we love her. Yeah. And maybe Hollywood. Would it kill you to make us some cookies, you know? <laughs> have you got her any merchandise? We don't have any merchandise. Well, anyway, last question. Last question. And I already know the fucking answer, so I'm going to ask you why. Okay. Why do you think that 
future presidents should have served in the military. Because before you send somebody into a, uh, whether it be war zone or a hot zone, you should understand what you're sending them in. Uh, never been there or never served to know uh, you're sending your brothers and sisters and uh, possibly die unless you've walked in those boots. I don't think you should be able to make that decision. You know, um, I would also add, like, just the leadership aspect of it. To, to some extent, the higher-ups now, as I said before, they get kind of involved in politics. But uh, if you got somebody mid-management below to become president, I, I really think this country would be more common sense, but yet uh, more more would be done for low country and not for the lower country. Uh, yeah. Uh, our natural resources that the country has. Yeah, that's you know, shit right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I can throw back at you as far as would you send a um, brother on a ride that you don't think, you know, you know your brother. Would you send one of your inexperienced uh, riders on a ride that you don't think you're doing? Well, the dragon Right. Okay, well, okay. Well, all right. So let's yeah. say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I, <laughs> I, know, I, I know know dance around this a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we've had experience. Um, let's say I got a club brother that is uh, not where I would like him to be in his riding skills. Okay. And there is a ride led by a club that rides at a very high level. Okay. I would, I would instruct that brother, hey, man, maybe sit this one out. Because I know his level, and I know that he might not be able to perform where he would need to perform to. Mm -hmm. So I would instruct him to, to step back. And the reason why I would do that is because if I am a leader, if I am in charge of the club or whatever, I would have to know everybody's skill level. I would have to know what everybody's good at. I would have to know what everybody brings to the table. So when there is, say, a ride that Club Brothers, I got to put this down on the Western Drift tank <laughs> fucking nuts and fucking post. Um, if I were to see a brother who is not at the level he needs to be at, I would have to find brothers that I know are at a level that they are at that can perform. So you use everybody to where they fit in, right? Mm -hmm. So say this brother that can't ride, you know, can't go on this particular ride because he's not at that skill level. Okay, cool. But he's really good at doing tasks that involve, you know, logistics, like, you know, stocking the bar, which seems fucking like arbitrary as hell, but that's a big goddamn deal in the fucking MC world. Mm -hmm. Have you ever fucking had, you know, a dude fucking ask for a beer that you didn't fucking have in your own clubhouse, you feel like an asshole about it, you know? So they're trying to be accommodating to everybody, right? So maybe he's really good at stocking the bar, knowing what we have, what we don't have. He's a good manager of, you know, a clubhouse, or he's a good, you know, whatever, you know? Every, everybody's got a skill set. More importantly, in the MC world, we, we try to operate as a human, right? You know? Um, 
I'm not trying to compare anything or say anything, but we try to operate as a unit, you know, one for all, all for one, that right. thing. And there's there's brothers that are really good at diffusing situations, and there's other brothers that are really good at how do I say this? Stopping a situation. You know, mm -hmm. you know, there's brothers that are really good, basically what I'm saying is making sure shit doesn't happen versus brothers that are really good at fixing a situation that's gone tits up. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to learn is being like a leader. You know, you have to learn what everybody's skill set is and, and, you know, deploy them as basically deploy them in their field. Like, you don't want to send a guy that's fucking a shitty rider to the experienced ride. And you don't want to send the fucking guy that's a good talker to a street fight. Right. You know, you want to send a street fighter to the street fight. You want to send a good talker to where the diplomacy is needed. Now, what you just explained? Yeah. For the good president with military background. Would know. Exactly. So uh, what I'm saying is, you under understand your right. old question because it, it translates into what what you right. I mean, it's kind of a, a nature of the game we're in. Yeah. The MC world is very intertwined with a lot of military experiences and, and good leadership at an MC, or in my case, a writing association is just as important as that president making the decision to send who where. Very true. Very true. Well, fuck, I think that's a good place to end it. <laughs> probably. Probably. Well, Bill, thank you very much for coming in and talking thank to us today. And thank you for um, your service, sir. Thank you for your service, definitely. Um, shout out to Vet to Vet. That's Vet with a number two vet. So Vet number two vet. Look for him on YouTube. He's in kind of a hiatus right now because you know, riding season Wisconsin short. He wants to ride. And he does ride. He's um, all about fucking quality, not quantity like us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't look stripper. I mean, oh. we can hook you up. <laughs> Come to dinner was the Thursday nights, man. <laughs> Steak night, Steak night Vegas at the Vegas Club. <laughs> That's right, man. Fucking thirteen bucks. They'll set you up. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you very much. And uh, shout out to let's see, Black Dragon TV, Hollywood for Insane Throttle, Shaggy over there at uh, wait for Shaggy's Corner. And then uh, Big Bone, who's got uh, Hell on Wheels Garage. And uh, once again, Bill Fitters from Vet to Vet. Thank you very much. Wild Bill. Wild Bill, that's right. Very common name in the MC world. <laughs> it is. <laughs> if your name's Bill, they're probably going to call it Wild Bill. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, keep in mind, everybody, the most dangerous part of your motorcycle is the nut that connects the seat to the fucking handlebars. Peace. <laughs>